0: Hey there, welcome back to the Path to Zion Podcast, where we are rediscovering the ancient way around here. Thank you so much for joining us, whether you're listening over at pattozion.com or if you've tracked us down on our YouTube channel uh, under Path to Zion Podcast, of course. We thank you for uh, joining into the discussion of what we've been talking about here for the last several years now. Uh, we believe this is of utmost importance and what we are striving to do present moment into, is to allow Father's Word to have the last word. That, that when all these things come to our life that, that are all throughout um, faith, uh, being believers, what we do, what we don't do, we, uh, we, we strive to allow it to be our absolute source. I do not do that flawlessly. I give myself um, as much as I know how to scour the word for truth um, and then deliver it here the best um, that I know how. Um, in this flawed vessel that I am. Now, today I've got my coffee, and I've got a whole lot of notes. Um, I'm going to have to kind of expound on this as we go. Um, As you see in the title already, we're going to title this series, Yahweh's Family, Who's In? Who is in Yahweh's Family? Um, And I want to start out um, with this to remind us that that being in Yahweh's family, to being in, in the family of God, is the greatest gift that humanity has ever been given, okay? (laughs) All of us have turned our backs on him, on our creator, um, and we have walked away from his covenant. We've walked away from his commitment to us, and we've not done our part. All of humanity is guilty, Um, and he has miraculously, he has invited us back into himself, like back to him via the covenant reality. Uh, But sadly, in this gift that we've been given, Um, Most of us have inherited a religion that has taught us to abandon our part, to be free now, to just be a good person, which is really just baseline morality at the heart of it. Um, And and we don't really talk much about, in in the broad Christian culture, about covenantal requirements upon people who will be called in the Word now, um, even in prophesied ages to come. Um, Yahweh's people um, and how we need to grow in these things we need to mature in these things Um, and then we need to remain in them and train our children to remain in them for what generation after generation after generation of what Yahweh's family father desires a family that's so much verbiage throughout the Bible from front to end from front to back um, about how Yahweh is is desiring a family which of course is why he is referenced all the time as father. Now I want to be clear, okay? Because I I can feel the pulse of this topic, um, and how I've how I've touched on it through the years and what it can incite in many people. I want to say I am not promoting. Um, I'm not promoting complete removal from others who are outside of the family of Yahweh from our lives. Okay? I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about a forget everyone else exists reality where there's God's family and there's no other. Um, of course, we have the mandate to, to proclaim the full gospel and to extend Yahweh's covenantal commands to, to every man um, who is willing to listen and humble himself and, and walk away from the ways of the nations, um, to, to be part of the family. Um, I'm not promoting division for division's sake. Um, according to our own preference, or, well, we're the body of Messiah and you're not, and so depart from me. I'm not promoting that um, either. Um, I want to lean into, however, what the Word tells us. Okay, again, we are going to set it out in the limelight, and we're going to read dozens, dozens of scriptural accounts towards this topic, um, pages upon pages of, of the Word, to allow us to formulate some questions that I'm about to ask um, of you. Um, What I am talking about is who we literally join ourselves with intimately, okay? And and I'm saying that at the beginning because that has to be uh, stated clearly. I'm not just talking about getting to a place where, where we know we're Yahweh's people, and also, yeah, I can clearly pick off the ones who aren't. That's not the heart's goal behind this. That's not my heart's posture. I am feeling a very sobering charge from the Father via his word and my time of prayer and my time of uh, discerning just my life and who my family's with and who we're not. And it's a very sobering season to literally further and further come out and to be separate, Okay. And it may not look how we have been told. Um, As I've always been saying, I'm only going to breeze by this, is there is a universal um, religion that is now here that is wanting to just sweep in everyone. Like I mentioned in that Abrahamic um, center that just opened and and in the modern day gospel, which says, hey, we're all really the same. And no matter who you call God, no matter you call him Jesus or whether you call him Muhammad or whether you call him Buddha, it doesn't really matter. He's all the same. He's the same deity. Um, So we just need to come together under this universal blanket of unity. That's why this matters because there is a false gospel friends that is, it has been, it's not new on the scene, but it's just, there's a little bit different tweak to it this year. um, I'm feeling um, from what I'm seeing. So I'll ask you a question to really get this going as we talk about Yahweh's family. Who's in? Who is in Yahweh's family, and how do we do? How do How we know, and do we even really need to know? Does it matter? How do you personally arrive at who is in Yahweh's family and who is not? Okay, just a question to think about. I'm going to take a sip and let you just chew on that for a mere moment. How do you pers- personally arrive at answering that question? What is your criteria? What's your criteria when you come into uh, a service or a Bible study or someone you meet at the store or someone who's presently in your life or or your family or or anyone, anyone? What is your criteria to gauge in discernment as a spirit-led man that is walking in the pattern of Messiah? Desiring to be pleasing to the Father, what is your present plan to know who is in and who is not in Yahweh's family? This is a very important question that, that sadly, I'm not sure we have much of a, a structure in place on a, a pattern of how we do that. Now, now, sadly, we have to talk about this. Most people mishandle Bible verses and use them to say things like, Well, who am I to judge someone? How can I judge someone else? Or it's not up to me. It's not up to me. (laughs) First of all, we're not here to set judgments. This is not about judging according to what these verses and this ideal has been created to be. We're not talking about judging people and like scrutinizing people to the utmost just so we know, oh, you're in and you're not. You're in and you're not. Most of you aren't in like me. We're not doing that. But <laughs> we're not here to set the judgments, but we're here to examine and know who, are, who we are to align ourselves with according to biblical criteria, biblical criteria. Now, I realize there are a lot of people who are very isolated, who don't believe they need the body, and they just function autonomously and it's all about this. I've seen and heard that my whole life. It's not about the body. It's not about others. It's all about this. It's the vertical relationship. Um, that's not a biblical fact at all. We, I mean, Yahweh wants a family, and families are integrated. Families talk. Families argue. Families disagree. Families come to one another with challenges and correction and instruction. Why? for the good of the family, for the health of the family unit as a whole. That is one of the reasons why the body is so deficient and sickly right now is because we have abandoned correction. We have abandoned admonishment. We have abandoned someone bringing a challenge to anyone in the body of Messiah according to the word of Elohim to say, you know what? I think we need to see if this is true. I think we need to see if this individual in this mindset is appropriate for the family of Yahweh. Does it fit biblical criteria? Does that individual fit um, biblical criteria? That should be very common for us, but it is something that has become very abandoned. Now 2 Timothy chapter 3 is just one of the many examples of this being properly executed as there are people, quote, holding to an outward form of godliness, but denying its power. And we are instructed right after this sentence to what? Avoid these people. Okay? Common Christian verbiage is no one's this, no one's that, no one's too far, no one's too sinful, no one's okay. We have to talk, we have to rightly appropriate what we're talking about. No one is beyond Yahweh's reach. His arm is not too short, no. But there are countless instructions. We're just going to read through four or five uh, scriptural references now about the fact like this. These, these individuals here, who here's the criteria, avoid them, brothers. Avoid them. Do we need to do a word study on avoid? I don't believe so. Several times Yeshua himself speaks warnings of false prophets among his people that are what we know the ravenous wolves. Okay, obviously his warning was not just informational, just to let people know there's some ravenous wolves back there, um, but it was a call to identify them and expose them, and and why for the good of the entire called-out assembly. Okay, like it wasn't just so you're aware. Or you don't need to talk about it. Don't don't make a scene now. You don't want to embarrass anyone or hurt their feelings. They're just like you, no? They're ravenous wolves, friend. That's pretty strong wording, don't you think? If you are, if your family is, let's say, and this is interesting, right? <laughs> the body of Messiah is often is referenced as a, a, a sheepfold. Okay? And there's a great shepherd. And let's just say the great shepherd comes up upon the sheepfold and a ravenous wolf wolf comes underneath the fence and is heading straight for one of his sheep. Friends, is he just going to say, hey, 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 don't do that. Leave that sheep alone. You need to go. Go on now. Go on now. No. The, the shepherd is going to unleash an assault upon the ravenous wolf because his flock depends upon him to take care of it. Okay, well, I'm not Jesus. I'm not the shepherd. I'm not the good shepherd. No, but we are called according to the word now to, as we just said, Second Timothy 3, avoid such people. Yeshua talking about ravenous wolves are coming amongst you. You better be alert. You better be aware. You better be ready to handle these things because what? Oftentimes they will be among you. They will be among you. Romans chapter 16, verse 17. Now I urge you, brothers and sisters, to keep your eye on those who are causing divisions and stumbling blocks. Okay, now many people could rightly say, well, Joel, that's what you always do on your program. You're just always throwing out divisions. I understand what you're saying, but let's proceed and let the word uh, help us. Um, Keep your eye on those who are causing divisions and stumbling blocks, contrary to the teaching that you learned. Okay, what did they learn, friends, in Romans? They weren't teaching them Acts chapter four. They were teaching them the law, Torah, and prophets. They were teaching them the way of the scriptures. We talked about that in the last episode, about um, how how Shaul Paul told us that the capital S scriptures, the Torah and the prophets, were for our instruction, so that we can walk out this life in the way that our Father intended. Okay, they give us counsel, they give us instruction, and that's what was being taught. Contrary to the teaching that you learned. That was the teaching that they were learning. And it culminates, turn away from them. Turn away from them, brothers, sisters. Walk away from those that are trying to teach you a gospel that is not the one that you have learned. Okay? Where? From the prophets of old. Through the words of Moses recorded for our good. For our instruction. Um, Shaul tells the Paul tells the Thessalon- Thessalonican assembly, um, chapter three, verse six. Now we command you, brothers and sisters, in the name of Yeshua the Messiah, to keep away from every brother who behaves irresponsibly, and not according to the tradition they receive from us. Okay, here we are again. Two two little things we'll compartmentalize uh, briefly as we move on here. So he's speaking to brothers and sisters. He's talking to the family of Elohim now, okay? The called out assembly in Thessalonica. Keep away from every brother. Okay, so there's a a warning, not again just to be alert about them, but just like the avoid these people, turn away from, keep away from, Ones who behave irresponsibly and not according to to the tradition that they received. Now, again, what was the tradition they received? We know it wasn't just the Pharisaical, non-believing Jew traditions of men. We know that because that was was easily stated um, leading up to this text here. Um, And, of course, made very clear through Yeshua, of course, more than anything. But those who behave irresponsibly, well, how do we know what that is? Without doing a word study on all these pieces, we can't do that for the sake of time. There is a code of conduct. There is a code of living for the believers. Like the Jerusalem Council stated, we're going back to the center of the Torah to instruct the New Testament, New Covenant believers how to begin to walk. You must now live what? Responsibly, we could say. And you must cling to the traditions that you have received. Traditions are good when they are the traditions of Yahweh Elohim. Um, One last verse in order to show us that we cannot merely say, well, who am I to ever say someone specifically is or is not Yahweh's people? That's not up to me. That's not up to you, brother. You can't do that. Okay, fair enough. 2 Timothy chapter 4, Alexander the coppersmith did me much harm. The Lord will repay him according to his deeds. Be on guard against him too. For he vehemently opposed our message, okay? 2 Timothy chapter 4, 14 and 15, okay? That was Shaul Paul speaking. He names a specific brother's name and even gives, in case you're not quite sure who he is, he's the coppersmith, okay? He's the one down there on 4th Street uh, working out copper. Yeah, that guy, he, he did me much harm. Be on guard against him too, brothers. Why? He opposed our message. He opposed the gospel that this Yeshua Messiah was the prophesied one through the Torah and the prophets that came. And what? He's here to restore the whole house of Israel. He's here to do all the prophecies that pointed to him. And he's opposing that message by name. He was listed. Okay? Today in a religion that rarely rightly calls someone out for promoting a false gospel, this would quickly be labeled slander. <laughs> that's from the devil, right? I mean, in this day and age, in this in this Christian culture, you can't you can't do that. Who are you to say that? Slander, slander. That you must be hearing the devil speaking because that's just accusations. No, that's not a biblical premise that we can fall back to. Um for those who watch the program, you know this, that we were just um, in this text several weeks ago, and and we did a two-part series called Opposing Truth and Making a Way Crooked, okay? A two-part series, and we looked at these two men, Eonace and Iambres, Um, and they they opposed Moses, okay? Shaul Paul's quoting them. Um, and he says, so do these people oppose the truth, men corrupted in mind and worthless concerning the faith. Again, people by name and then other individuals associated with those two that lived all the way back in the days of Moses. And we have to avoid such people. We have to avoid such people. I don't know, outside of the word of Elohim, I understand how we can rationalize that away. But, but clinging to the word alone, this is a mandate for us to live um, rightly um, as a body of believers. Um, and it's very lacking, which is why we're here today. I believe it's very necessary. Now, the casual, whoever is God's people is up to him, not me, approach is, is very irresponsible, I would submit, for consideration. Um, we, we are told to be a people of discernment, which is my kind of word of the day, um, for the past 30 days. Um, and in my world, in real life, there are people asking hard questions. Um, Joel, how do we know who is and who is not in the family of Elohim? How do we know? Um, and what do we do about it? Like, what do we do with these foundational disagreements? I mean... (laughs) This is not an isolated question either, friends. This is becoming more and more regular, which is how do we handle these major foundational disagreements? Because up here, you know, we kind of look the same. We kind of talk the same language. And maybe um, according to lifestyle and and culture of the family, we have a lot of things in common. Um, Or sometimes maybe we don't. But the undergirding thing is, The foundation is very, very different, biblically speaking. So what do we do? And so I've been chewing on that and and thinking about that for months. Um, And I'll get to why this kind of came to a head just a couple days ago. Um, So this series will be good for people who, who, those of us who are humbly asking for the good of our households, for the safety of my children. Okay, I have one son, but like for our children, for the generations and generations of generations that are the the young ones in our homes are impressionable and they are of course they're trying to figure out who they are and what is true and who who can i look to to receive counsel that is scriptural counsel and and that's why these things have to be asked because our foundation the foundation has got to be agreed upon friend the foundation has to be set and sure and in agreement to the best that we can because that's where everything else we do with our families is built upon. That's how our gatherings are established and what our, our gatherings, like our literal assembling together, are built upon. Okay? So it's more than just like, can't we just sing a song together and be okay? You say this, I say this, but can't we just sing a worship song? I wish it were easy like that. I wish it were that simple, but it is not. It is not. I wish it was. Literally, I mean that. I wish we could just all gather and sing because especially that's the, that's the um, promotion of the hour with the, the revival and the Jesus Revolution film and, and all these other things that you've heard me talk about a lot lately. Can't we all just get along? Can't we all just say, ah, Peaceful. Peaceful. Let's stop disagreeing. Let's stop bickering. And as I've already mentioned, this is the prophesied age. Peace, peace. The anti-Messiah will say, hey, shh, ah, it's okay. We're all the same. We're all the same. It's okay. That is the unifier that we need to be aware of. And so all of this leads to our main text that we're going to talk about. This will be at least another episode by itself, and then multiples after that of getting to unpack it and and building on some other texts as well. but again, we're asking this question: you know, the biblical criteria for who is in Yahweh's family. Um, and what I'm going to do, I'm just going to stop, and I'm going to I'm going to make this next part um, Proverbs chapter seven, and, and I'll give you a little bit of an intro in it to to lead you back in next time. Um, but a couple of days ago, I was just up early praying um, for a dear brother, and 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 I was just asking some questions, and you know, I just. You, I'm sure, know what this is like where you just want to literally intercede for another person that you love. You're, you're just asking for wisdom and counsel. And, Father, if you would give me any ounce of, of, of right, true counsel for my wife or for my son or for this brother, um, I'm, I'm listening. I'm open. I want to hear what you're saying. Um, and I heard clearly Proverbs chapter 7. Um, and so, of course, I went and I read the text and I ended up setting up camp there for several days. And so we're going to go there and we're going to look at Proverbs chapter 7, primarily 1 through 12. Um, and it is going to allow us to build a foundation um, as, a, as we ask this question. Yahweh's family, who, who's in? Who's in Yahweh's family? And is there any way to know? And as I already said at the beginning, does it even matter? Friend, if it doesn't matter to you and we're all just in the pot together, I just want to caution you in humility to say, is that scripturally right? Is it scripturally accurate? Is it just a gospel and a, and a religion of ease? Because if we can all just get in the room and ask for Holy Spirit to come and, and just speak to us however he wants to, isn't that good enough? Friend, that's not biblical criteria. It's not biblical criteria to how Yahweh's family works. And so we're going to talk about that. It's going to be several, multiple episodes. I have a lot of notes. And uh, so come back, won't you? You're watching the Path Design podcast. We're rediscovering the ancient way. And what are we talking about? Yahweh's family. Are any of us in it? We need to know the biblical criteria. So go over to pathdesign.com and follow us, of course. Subscribe and all that stuff. Share these videos if someone's hungry to know. How do I know? If I'm in and if who if someone else is in Yahweh's family, And uh, we'll see you back for part two after this. Amen. Always family. And uh, we'll see you back for part two after this. Amen.